I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Galactus, Brian. You could be, you could be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> Galactus. Can you imagine the size of his cock? So come out hitting the poor Galactus. Dumb baby! <laughs> oh god! Imagine, imagine if he didn't come to eat the planets. He just came to fuck them. Like, fuck it! Uh, yeah. <laughs> you drill a hole in your planet. Yeah, that's how the that's how the celestials get put in there. <laughs> Galactus fucks the planet, and then they grow from inside. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome everybody to part part three, isn't it? Part three of Warren Ellis Month, and this week we're going to be talking about Desolation Jones, but more about that in a moment. As usual, we're on all your favourite podcast locations. I won't list them. You know where to get podcasts from. Chances are we're on it. So Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. We're also on YouTube, we're also on Instagram and Twitter, you'll find us at the end underscore pod. But that's not very easy to find. So if you look for Spank Media, which is all one word, with the end pod, you should find us somewhere. And remember guys, you can give us five stars on Spotify. I ain't doing this for nothing, you know. Look at Um, Joe's face, it's so beautiful, you can't see it. Brian is beaming here from here and Tim is just his gorgeous self. Joe. You're back again. This is a regular thing now. How's it been in the last uh, seven days? Two, two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's been great, man. Uh, it's been fucking cold here, though. Minus 30 Celsius. So freezing our, freezing our balls. Aside from that, man, uh, the heaters are like just boom. Hydro's going to be expensive this month. I'm going to be buying less comics, man. <laughs> the cold is robbing me of my joy of reading comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that velvety, smooth, charming, sophisticated voice that you heard. Well, it certainly wasn't me or Tim, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> good, 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 good. Absolutely ready and raring to go. I'm loving this, loving this. Ready to chew the fat. Now, Tim. I don't uh, want to play your role in the proceedings because you're here every week with me. It is delightful to see you as always. How's it been being the sexiest man in the whole of Jamaica this week? <laughs> I don't know what to say, but that's probably my best introduction yet. I'm good. I, you know, I was thinking about this. I consider myself a Warren Ellis fan, but I would never read three weeks in a row where I've, n- I've not read the story. There's like so much Warren Ellis out there, and this one mm. is, uh, like Brian said, just completely insane. So I'm yeah. excited to talk about it. I never even heard of it until you guys proposed it. And so never. This is awesome. Never. Yeah. Well, a little secret between the four of us and all those people that I didn't alienate by telling them to give us a rating before <laughs> they pissed off. <laughs> yeah, but they ain't listening now, so fuck them. What's, what, what's their problem anyway? I think I couldn't have probably told you any Warinelli stories except for the ones that I'd read before I started researching this. So they're all new to me. I mean, I've heard of Planetary, probably. Probably heard of it. Probably. Right, let's go on to Desolation Jones then. And instead of, I'm not very good at this part, so I'm just going to read it from the back of the book. This is a little introduction, so get ready, children. If you're sitting comfortably, now I'll begin. 
Entertainment Weekly said it's James Bond in Chinatown, among 700 other things, popping with fantastic art. A former field agent for MI6, Michael Jones was the first surviving victim of the desolation test. A radically dangerous procedure cooked up by the British government. Boo, British government. (laughs) Jones was intravenously kept alive while being force-fed a steady diet of horrific data and images. It sounds a little bit like our day-to-day life, to be honest with you. (laughs) Non-stop. As stimulants were continued, definitely sounds like everyday life, were continuously pumped into his body. Is this my, this is getting a little bit too close to home. (laughs) Keeping him conscious and alert for a solid year. Now retired from the agency, Jones lives in Los Angeles, acting as a private investigator to the secret underground community of ex-spooks. Who have come in from the cold and who have nowhere else to turn to. Warren brackets planetary ellis and jh promethea williams iii have created a remarkable vision in the world we live in a dangerous and unforgiving landscape populated by the best the worst and the truly bizarre that last part could be us couldn't it in essence it's a whodunit nothing new about that but it's how it's done but the way it happens and the way it unfolds that's what hits home that's what it ended up, and that's what makes it wonderful. So I'm going to keep it in my summary without going into any particular detail <laughs> to extract. But yeah, it was really good. After I got through the first issue, I was pinging Matt like, I'm, are you reading <laughs> and what, did, what did I say? No, I've got about two inches like, of no. fucking planetary to get through first. <laughs> good grief. That was a struggle, dude. to be honest i I kind of want to read it again because this is a funny thing um by the way spoilers and bad language throughout so if that doesn't Mm. keep you if that doesn't keep you tuned i don't know what will um i i rewatched eternals last night and the night before and i absolutely hated it at the cinema like i was like this is the biggest this is just absolute drivel right and it was like watching a different film the first night, I was like, this ain't too bad, actually. And then last night, I was like, actually, this is pretty fucking good, mate. But without derailing it, I just feel like with Planetary, what I thought I was getting into wasn't quite what was there. And I think if I read Planetary again, that I might get a different experience with it. But that little uh, Eternals was just between the four of us. <laughs> I didn't let anybody else know, because I've been quite vociferous in my feelings. But Desolation Jones, I'll go next. I thought it was good. It was good. As Brian said, a nice little spy, whodunit, noir, crime, thriller, ultra-violence, vivid by colour and by nature. The one thing I will say, on the cover, and I'm holding it up, nobody else can see it except for the four of us, but because we read Halo Jones last year, and that was a lady. And I saw that cover, and I thought it was another lady story. And I was really disappointed when it was a man. Like, so disappointed. <laughs> it's great. It's got the quippy one-liners. The plot, we'll get into it with a little bit more detail a little bit further in. But I found it was very heavily character-driven. That is definitely what Ellis does well. I enjoyed it. I probably won't remember it in a year's time. But it was thoroughly enjoyable, very easy to read. It's a page turner. Always wanted to see what's yeah. coming next. But yeah. now it's closed. I'm not that disappointed that there's not any more. Interesting. I really thought this was a lot of fun. I would continue to read this. 
And I think I will remember in a year's time just because of this, the, the insanity of the MacGuffin in this story. I just don't think I could forget. Like I said earlier, I, I had never even heard of this. So there's probably some listeners who have never heard of it also, but just to let you know, we have one trade of this. There's six issues of it. There's actually eight issues that he published. The last two, unless you have them somehow, are not really available. So I don't know what happens. Mm. We don't know what happens to those extra two issues. So it's really very short. A lot of it, I don't know whether he abandoned it or whether it was canceled. I don't know if anybody knows, if either any of you guys know what happened there. There's so many threads that open up that are never mm. answered. Just like Matt, when you're reading the back of the, the synopsis, I'm like, I have questions about that. I have questions about every mm. sentence. I'm like, how did, why are they all stuck in LA? Tell me more about yeah, this yeah. desolation. We do get a flashback to that, but we don't know much about mm. any of these sort of mm. broader points. It's a very small story that I suspect he was expected to to open up over the course of you know yeah. many more issues i don't know how long this was intended to run for surely longer than this because there's so much that's unanswered but setting that aside just the story we have in front of us i couldn't put it down i thought it was very very fun to read personally i would ha- definitely recommend it i like you Matt. a hundred percent i'm beginning to see some of the the story beats too and definitely the else i wasn't with you guys for planetary but when i was reading that i thought i could recognize some of the story beats when you read anybody for a month straight, you're going to see yeah. that stuff. But there's definitely yeah, yeah. very clear Warren Ellis tropes and stylizations and stuff like that. So I thought it was really fun. All I could find online was this was definitively volume one and the second, uh, the seventh and eighth issues were definitively a second story arc. I don't even know if they were terminal. But what it seems like from my research is that Ellis just had so many ideas at the time. He'd pick up one idea, run through with it, and then something else would come along, and then he'd just start writing that, and then it'd never come to an end. We've seen this recently with Injection, but I don't know if that was more because of the obvious controversy. Or Injection was on hiatus way, way before that. We're talking about four or five years. Do you think this was brought out when it was legitimate image Wildstorm or when it was folded back into DC? I'm not sure, because I know Jim Lee had to deal with DC to sell Wildstorm to DC. And I don't know if this book got caught up in the middle of that and in the shuffle from Wildstorm mm. folding to DC. Maybe it got, we're not interested in this. It's too, because uh, Vertigo still existed at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, this could easily qual- like classify into the Vertigo. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't yeah. know if it was like too similar to some of the books they already had going at Vertigo. So they were like, let's. Invisible, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm really not sure about all that, but. Uh, yeah, but uh, on to the book. The artist on this is uh, J.H. Williams III, whom I love. Like, this guy is great. He's, he worked with uh, Neil Gaiman on Overture Easy. for Sandman. Uh, and he did one of my favorite DC books. Uh, he worked wow. with Ruka, uh, yeah. Greg Ruka on Batwoman. And I That's love that run with Ruka, yeah. yeah. And he does a fantastic job on the art. Wow. This guy mm-hmm. is a beast. And right now yeah, he has brilliant. his own. And if you like his stuff and maybe you're not keeping to date with the news, he has his own book out right now called Echolands that he writes and draws. So if you like his stuff, you like, you've read this and you like that, go check out Echolands because that's his new jam, man. And he's working on that right now. That That, that is a really unique one too, not to get off topic. It's laid out really differently, just the physical object. Landscape. Yeah. 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 It's really, really cool. The art is just sublime in that thing. He is a great artist. I knew him from Promethea at first. That's really all I knew until Batwoman. His style is so, so detailed and 
it seems like it would take a yeah. really long time to draw these panels. It would be interesting to know if he's done, you know, long-term superhero comics, given the deadlines. And, his and, art is beautiful, but man, I've seen his black and white, like just his inks on paper. Yeah. Oof. Mm. Like just, if this dude did a black and white book, man, I would be all over that. Like, mm, you know, really? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's great stuff. Wonderful, like from start to finish, does his own colors and everything too. So, but his black and whites are just wow. outstanding, outstanding. It and has such dexterity as well. Each character almost has its own style. You get a Steve Dillon page, and then it goes to Sinkavich, and then it goes to like whoever else you may want to <laughs> name check. But it, it's so so detailed, and I found it was engaging to the point from panel to panel that felt like a a, t- a page turn reveal that I was so engaged with following it cell to cell that I wasn't noticing what was to come. Really, really good. Did you notice the red box impact squares that he would be full yep. color then a yep. red box? That's something that Andreas Sorrentino uses a lot. And I always thought it was something that was original to him. Phenomenal. This book, his style, like it varies a little bit from yeah. project to project. And it's funny that you mentioned Andre Sorrentino because I find his style resembles a uh, lot. his work in this one. I can see how people, not knowing who the artist would, mm. would mm. automatically think it's Andre Sorrentino. And I love that style. Like, it's a great style. I mean, Good. I don't know if everyone's into that kind of style, but uh, man, if you are, this book uh, visually will, will knock your socks off. Who's the, um, the artist who works always with Brian Azzarello? Who does Moonshine? Who did what's that long term book that Vertigo did? It was uh, 100 Bullets. 100 Bullets. Is it Rizzo? The Rizzo. Sorry that took so long to get out, but usually, like, if you do flashbacks, oftentimes, like, the colorist will be the one who having like a different mm. palette or different tone or something like that. You had that, but you also had a completely different style for the flashbacks, which is kind of interesting, I thought. I loved as well how he changed his style for some of the characters. Like, who is the lady that excreted pheromones that made everyone around her sick? Emily Crow. Oh, yeah. Emily. What, a, what an original idea. Yeah. Wow. Totally. Wow, wow, wow. Do you know what I liked about this the most? The, the actual character of Desolation Jones. It's, and again, this is a very heavily character-driven story. And I think that's one of the things that Ellis does so well. He very quickly makes you feel things quickly and deeply for the characters. They almost have this visceral identity that almost immediately, instantly distinguishable characters. And I don't know anybody else quite like this, other than maybe Jeff Lemire that has that same knack. But Jeff Lemire's more gets into your heart and starts like squeezing it a little bit. It's almost like Jeff Lemire can suffocate you with emotion, but this can make you feel a number of things and immediately discern one character for the next. And that scene where she's like begging him to stay because Jones is the only person that isn't affected by the pheromones. Begging him, please, please stay with me just for a couple of hours so I'm not on my own. I'm so lonely. And he's like, don't worry, I'll stay till the morning. That took him away from just this archetypal, gnarly, backstreet hero. It showed that he is capable of caring, just not for these motherfuckers that he's hunting. (laughs) (laughs) Did he write this before he did his Hellblazer? Or was this after? Totally gave off Hellblazer. Because he's despicable. 
he acts like he doesn't care for anyone in the world, like Tim said, but he truly does care for specific small group of characters. Like this is Hellblazer yeah. for me. This is Hellblazer to the nth degree. Hmm. Desolation Jones is everything Hellblazer can't be, right? Yeah. Not that he wants to, but this is someone that Constantine would admire because of his inability to actually feel. That ending with the daughters. Yeah. Oh, that and was so he was, and she was like, you think you know me? No. Bang. <laughs> Bang. Yeah. Doesn't even fucking. Jesus. Like, Christ. Bam. <laughs> Hellblazer was 2008 and Desolation Jones was, sorry, 1998 and Desolation Jones was 2006. What I like about it is there's no speeches or hesitation. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. as you it's said, great. it's just, it's not da-da-da-da-da, this is why, da-da-da-da, um, yeah. and then this and then him. It's just, no, nah, I come here yeah. to kill you. That's it. Yeah, it's this... one panel. It's one yeah. panel. Okay. We've been building yeah. up to this for five issues. Yeah. One panel's all you're getting. And then yeah. another panel for that one. And then maybe yeah. a black and white splatter. That's it. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, no fucking dog. grandstanding before he like he's, yeah. too, he's too he's too fucking old and tired for that shit. He's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just want to get back home and relax. Let's do that. Yeah, uh, uh, that's it. Done. Let's fucking roll a joint, and... pop some pills, and yeah. just fuck it off. Yeah. <laughs> I tell yeah, you what, true. though, Tim, you were absolutely right. This was definitely going somewhere distinct because that phone call at the end was like a yeah. post-credit teaser, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It, like saying, "Don't worry, uh, whatever organization that." through clandestine acts, mm. had set him up to kill that family through a backwater channel of espionage. And he's so he, not he, the guy he, that you can play. You can yeah. see... Like, yeah, the, the next one was going to get John Wick, mate. It was going to yeah, get 10 yeah. times to John Wick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, that surprised me too. I mean, yeah. the whole like last like two or three pages like, stunt, like shocked me in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. My, heart, my heart was in my mouth. I was just like, no. Yeah. No. One thing about the story, the narrative approach that I just wanted to comment on that I thought was really useful is you guys notice that it's part of the fifth issue. And I don't have clear like issue breaks in this tray, but it's definitely yeah. part of the fifth one towards the end where he goes through. He, get, he basically gives like a long Desolation Jones. He gives a long sort of recitation of the plot that has happened up to that point. You guys remember that? I hated that. I hated no, that. No, I actually, I, I thought I, I put it down in his Columbo <laughs> moment. And yeah. I think what made it acceptable was that <clears throat> he was dosed up to fuck, told the doctor to piss off, and he was just trying to stay conscious while he was waiting for right. Rabina to come and get him. Whilst I hated it, and I was like, yeah, I get that. There were some bits, some couple of beats that I didn't put together. Did we need four pages, though, Brian? I don't no, think no. we needed four pages. <laughs> we did not need four pages. Literally, literally, literally. I, I, I put it down in his yeah. Columbo moment. I was just yeah. like, come on, guy. Come on. Come on. Because <laughs> there, there can be a fine line between, you know, a writer trying to do a service for the reader and like, let's recap this in a way which is sort of narratively organic. This was not bad. But no, I, at all. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's the problem sometimes you fall into when you get a noir book is they mm, often yeah. do that where it's like oh let's yeah. explain and that's everything a trope. to you that's a noir trope yeah, yeah, right yeah 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 yes. it's a noir trope for yeah. sure yeah yeah, yeah. you've yeah. got to have the guy with a cigarette looking out the blinds going okay so this <laughs> game <laughs> <laughs> and i think you'll find if you will look under your chairs <laughs> there's a picture yeah. of me wanking onto a mirror <laughs> how did you know 
You almost have the same powers as that girl that makes people uh, nauseous, but... <laughs> Fair play, I'll take that one. I asked for it, and I'll... <laughs> but I won't forget about it. Each issue does come with its like own set of antagonists, too. It's like a different... Yeah. Vil kind of, I mean, they're not villains exactly, but like just that, a different set of antagonists, you know? There's, yeah. yeah, the three sisters. Three sisters, they, right. They each yeah. get their own kind of story. Each book is kind yes. of the story of each sister almost. Mm. Yeah. Did you place any <laughs> continuity between the characters from issue to issue? I struggled a little bit, other than actual Jones, Emily, and the middle sister who seem to be having some sort of action on on events from start to finish the rest of the people were just either the person sitting in the chair or the person trying to punch him i didn't get any distinct sort of villainy or antagony from issue to issue i definitely followed the thread of the sisters the uh, oldest sister yeah 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 she, yeah, yeah. She was the common thread throughout all like she where was, she was yeah. kind of pulling the strings and yeah. manipulating the situation but also the red herring she was also yeah. the was one she, that you, you'd yeah. think... Wasn't that the middle possible. sister? Was that the middle sister? No, She's em, the one who wanted Emily to do the documentary. No, yeah. Angela. Oh, Knight. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Joe. Mm. Sorry, sorry. Um, and you then, can have that one, Tim. You can have yes. that one, mate. One of the, one of the things about his, his mate, <laughs> Rabina, these threads I picked up, sorting up for the show, right? I didn't talk the first time. But every single time you see her, she's got a different hairstyle. Different colour. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, one time it's purple, one time it's blue, another time it's black. It's got a different hairstyle. I don't it's think that's a good way. idea, though, because mm. I don't even know who the character you, I don't even know who you're talking about. Yeah. It's the girl that drives him around all the time. And, right, yeah. yeah. Basically, like it. Hellblazer, I was saying, that's it. Chaz, man. That's, that's Chaz to, uh, yeah, man, that's what I'm saying. Now I see why it was such a big deal that she got shot at the end, because I was yeah. like, okay, it's, it's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> a woman. Like his best yeah, it's Matt's just a woman. Stop. Matt's gotta stop reading his books at the last second and blazing through them because you gotta relax. Yeah, sit down and read it and like really take yeah. it in. Matt, you know? <laughs> to be fair, she did. She... Brian, tell him about the hair again. Tell him about the hair and why it was easy. So why it was easy to be misled. God, just mention the hair again, Brian. No, I, I didn't notice it the first time. It's only again. I was like, hang on. Exactly. I didn't notice it until you just mentioned it. I, I yeah. followed the character all the way through. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't that character was kinda of interesting to me because I didn't think I cared anything about her, but then at the end when she's killed off, I was like stunned. Yeah. And Roy Satin. Yeah. And so there must have been oh, I have to go reread it because there's gotta be some story beats that make me that kind of did make me care about her that I and yeah. I didn't really notice because he's the one person who, who will call him out on his shit and he seems to actually care what she yeah, thinks yeah. of him. So there's definitely that element to it. But I, I, yeah, that was an interesting character. I mean, she's a thread throughout following along with him and does call him out on his bullshit and kind of helps him crack a little bit of the story too, so. When he first meets Filthy, you know, the woman in the pawn shop, he's like, look, if you touch me again, I'll fucking kill you. It's not even with bravado. It's like this, yep. this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. Mm. If you don't walk, like straighten yeah. up, walk straight, and fucking yeah. don't touch me again. Yeah. I didn't touch you. Don't touch me. Yeah. Everything's gonna be kosher. And yeah. well, the guy, the guy just doesn't listen. <laughs> it's like wood. wood, wood. <laughs> when he kills him, does the gimp come yeah. in his pants? No, no, no. It's not jizz. When he stabs him through the eye with his finger. Eye. Yeah, it's the right hand. 
but the left hand. Oh, I actually punched the computer. <laughs> <laughs> punches him in the nutsack and explodes his shit. So okay. that's his. Yeah, it's not because so he's into super kink that getting killed gets his <laughs> Wait, ultimate rocks off. I think I think he's I think he's just bombed. No man, he's a punch. He's a punch. He's a punch. He does, he does the same move again later on. And in fact, <laughs> his style is Krav Maga. Yeah, it's Krav Maga or Jeet Kundo, which is way of the intercepting fist. Yeah. And the, the, what that prioritizes is minimal fighting. Speed and technique over strength. That's why he's not phased by this muscle-bound knob. It's a few seconds, but the detail that they put in it, the finger enters the eye, then goes into his fucking brain. So it's a couple of moves, two, three moves, four at best. That's Krav Maga, man. So for those uh, of the listeners who haven't read this, basically what drives the story is he's he's hired to look for the homemade porn movies of Adolf Hitler. And yeah. I, when I read that, I was like, this has got to be the, the best MacGuffin I have ever like, yes. seen. I, yeah. if, you would, if you would give me the exact same story and had a shitty MacGuffin, I, I probably would have just continued to read it but not be as excited with that one. I was like, mm-hmm. that is a level of imagination I, I just am not capable of. I loved yeah. the fact of it. Like Tim said, there is a lot of small little uh, side plots that I think mm-hmm. was designed to go on over maybe like a 20 mm. issue run or a 12 issue run that we never got to see because they touch on a bunch of little things, but never elaborate on them too much. Cause I think they were supposed to come back in a bigger plot later on, but we never get it because we only get this one issue, but <clears throat> yep. yeah, yeah, exactly. So. The daughters are the daughters of this, I guess, ex military guy who's mm-hmm. when he first appears, that was like one of the creepiest looking characters I've seen. <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's his, um, his porno collection and then and then also his uh, evidence of his role in this like mass suicide of this yeah. like cult I, that i think that was interesting enough would That's you watch it though? no, no oh, i'm not interested you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to see what um no, Hitler's okay, dick looks like. Come you on, wouldn't want to see how he ha- how he howls hitler if it's uh, <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> upright like his soldiers uh, no i'm not interested like He's a man, and he's probably going to be shit anyway. Like, why would I watch? Like, no, you know. So I was, whilst I was reading it, I was, I was thinking that with one eye, no, his pubic has a swash sticker. You need help. Sorry, Brian. Sorry, <laughs> Emily. Oh, motherfucker, man. The revulsion is coming in the back of my throat. Oh, oh, um, no, I think I think well, when I was reading it, I was like, that is not the driving force. There is something else because it's just porn. That it's just porn. In good terms of good writing, you never just give away the story in the beginning. I'm like, nah, there's something else. When you got to the root of the story, like. The Hitler porn element, that means nothing to the actual daughter who's... Mm. Any of the daughters, really. And they're yeah. the real drivers. So, yeah, it's, a, it's like a MacGuffin of a MacGuffin. His visions, too. Like, uh, I'm sure they would have explained more about his visions if we would have gone further. Like, all the angels he sees all the time mm-hmm. floating around. Because the way they do it, the last page of the first issue, they reveal him seeing these angels. 
So yeah. you think that's going to play a major role, but yeah, it's just a little subtle thing they 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 throw yeah. in every here and there. Yeah. But what I noticed about the hallucinations is that they they were like his subconscious were angels, and I felt that paralleled with LA, you know, Los Angeles, et Los Angeles, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next one was a couple in chains. He was talking to Rabina, him and her together, but not. And then the next time was when the woman was talking to him about the porn. And every time she was talking about a different thing, he would actually see her in that scene or yes. be up or as a young child. Yes. The, the visions were playing into the reality of what was going on. And he was just like, please, not now. Fucking. But then the oh, very yeah. last one. And last one. It, yes. There was like blood dripping off. Yeah, that just like one yeah. little red strap. Yeah. Now, if this was a character like as established as Hellblazer, you can imagine if he started to tap into what these hallucinations could be. He could be doing a detective investigation, speaking to someone, doing a joint, and actually choose to do it. Even though they, they did that to him, we know what the side effects are, but we don't know why they did it. What were they trying to make happen? And why did, did they pick him? Yeah, why did they yeah. pick him? Yeah, yeah. specifically. And yeah, exactly. So there's all of that that could have been just so rich when he got shot and Tapper had to knock him the fuck out. Chapter five. And he wakes up screaming the Scream, fuck out like yeah. a child. And then Tapper had to fucking shoot the war to wake him out of it. To snap him out of it, yeah. Yeah, to snap him. He was gone. That reminded me of where we found him. How did the story start? Chapter one, can't sleep. Being that's why he's always on yeah, speed yeah. as well, then. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's counteractive. So he would do anything to be alert, like, awake. Like asleep. I take it all back to him. I'm with you now, mate. I want more of this. I want more of it tomorrow. Yeah. Fuck yeah, him, I, I'll I, pay I, him. No one's going to give him any work at the minute. We'll just clip together. <laughs> clip together. We'll, we'll probably... Yeah, let's do a crowdfund. I mean... Do a Kickstarter. A Kickstarter fucking Snyder can do it for something he's already been paid for, the cunt, and we can do it for something that's not been made. <laughs> one, uh, I, I completely agree with Brian, and one thing I thought that a direction that the story may have gone was that he learns to embrace these visions don't come right now. Like, he's always opposing mm. them. Part of the character arc would be that he learns to embrace the angels because they give him these insights into the premonitions but also as a way of emphasizing the character arc that at a certain point he learns to embrace what happened to him. Yeah, I agree completely with. Mm. Yeah, there's that whole supernatural element to the whole story that is just along the edges that they don't really elaborate on too much. Like oh, his boss. You said it. Uh, yeah. Where once a year he goes out to Texas to go fucking chew on cows and fields and you know, oh, yeah. his his custom-made yeah. chompers, you know, like he only needs to feed once a year. So there's all this weird, seedy, supernatural it's... undertones that they just let you, like, the girl that makes mm. people nauseous, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a mm. secret power that, uh, well, uh, making people puke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite lines was, thanks for the kidnapping. Who says that? <laughs> Who says yeah. yeah. Brian, you've just perfectly taken me into what I wanted to speak about next, and that's Warren Ellis style and the quips are one thing 
I honestly believe he has got this dark satirical humor where he could yeah. easily, if he wasn't a comic book creator, he could have he could have easily have been a stand up comic. The depth in creation of the yeah. characters that are so refined and astute and tonally distinct from each other, mm. but the quippy one liners that each and almost every character can do. And it's not all about having piercing wit. Sometimes it's the absence of that wit and what somebody might say yeah. unawares yeah. that makes it funny. With comedy, it's all about the timing. And I think that is something that I am very much seeing through Ellis. Creating something fictional, like brand mm. new, that's just, mm. you know, there are the, no rules applied. Like the sky's the limit, man. Like, mm. like we all said, like this book, if he would have kept going, could have gone in so many different directions mm. and elaborate on so many different subplots that you don't know where it's going. Yeah. And it always seems that there's a fatally flawed protagonist as well. The scoundrels that you're not supposed to like, but you want to. Arrogant, but exceptionally good at what they do. Mm. And when you put all that together, you get someone that is hideously, I wouldn't say relatable, but enjoyable to read. I think that's a good point. I just want to quickly touch on Joe was, was saying beforehand, the elements of occult and supernatural, which are just around the outskirts of this. You know, this could have easily gone into some porn, sacrificial and whatnot. But the way it kept within the bounds of reality, straightforward, noir. On the penultimate panel, when Rabina was killed and the blood was running, he was looking at her and he said, sorry. And the blood was running down the page. The way that... The star in the red? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The way that... So the, the blood is running down the panel, but it also happens to run down the side of his face. And on that side of his face, you see a skull. And it's almost like, is this motherfucker dead? So many elements he could have yeah. just opened up into. They hint at that because the guy who hires him to do all this stuff, yeah, he manipulates him into going there and killing this guy that was in charge of that cult. Yeah. So mm. there's a direct connection there. Why did he want him to kill that guy so, so, mm. like so much, right? Yeah. Why was it so important that to set him up to go and kill this guy, right? And then once he knows it's done, he calls him, so is it done? And he's like, yeah. motherfucker, you set me up. He's like, well, yeah, because <laughs> any other way you wouldn't have done it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so there's kind of that underlying conspiracy there's so many little subplots of like different little things like that conspiracy with the cult and how does it tie to their organization and all that mm. stuff. It's uh, like, who does it implicate in that organization? Yeah. How, how far does this <laughs> yeah. conspiracy go within all the agencies? You know, you, you don't know, but they hint at it without yeah. really giving you too much. So you're like, ah, so then when it's finished, you're like, this is far from being over. Like when I, after I read the last page, I was like, this is just the beginning. This isn't an mm -hmm. end. Yeah. You know, that's the way I felt after I was done. Yeah. I think the truncated style of writing actually helped that a lot. It compartmentalized each mm. element of this story as opposed to having five separate threads running through and trying to spin those plays. I think there's enough here just in these first few issues that he could have profitably turned out like 50 issues of this. Could be like one of those mm. all timers, I, I, I think. Uh, that could have been yeah, a great I was one. thinking easily 25 issues, like with yeah. all the subplots mm. and everything. I think. You could have easily done 25 and it wouldn't have felt totally. just dragging it out or stretching it out or anything. Yeah. Exactly. 
with his protagonist as well there's a running existential nihilism behind it you can operate with abandon because nothing really matters anyway mm. whether in the case in this instance whether it being desolation jones who has been experimentally made nothing to matter or whether it's with transmetropolitan with spider jerusalem who's seen the decay of culture and civilization to a point whereby life itself has no value or with planetary that there were such high concepts going all the way through and what's his name mr white or whoever it is knows that the universe is so vast and expansing that our narrow point of view on earth means that our lives don't matter where he succeeds in this where i don't think he succeeded with planetary with mr white mr white is so meta and so conceptual you can't relate to that but with this, it focuses in the pain and the loss of an individual person, mm-hmm. which is just a part of the human experience. From a character design point of view, I'm always a sucker yes. for those guys with the uh, aviation goggles, you know, with yeah. the trench coat and the, like, Starman, uh, he has the goggles. You have yeah. uh, right. Lemire, Lemire echoed that with Dr. Andromeda. Dr. Afra. Afra, yeah. is that yeah. it? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, I mean, it's such a cool visual accessory to add a character to just make them look like you know just fun you know you're in for a good ride if those motherfuckers are wearing those goggles you know he's <laughs> not gonna that. be some boring you know he's not gonna be some boring fucking sit in the office in a chair you know he's <laughs> <laughs> he would like to get muck it up you know if he's got those on, you know <laughs> one thing i noticed he always has a mask but he never used it no yeah yeah unless it was for in the beginning when he knew the girl that m- makes you nauseous maybe he wore it yeah. to kind of block it and then he managed to adapt yeah, and get used be. to it so he didn't need it anymore i don't know yeah. if that's kind of to echo how he opened himself up to her where he doesn't need something yeah. in between to be able to tolerate her i don't know if that was kind of something there that i'm just reading too much into or but he had that mask on and it was evident in yeah. a few yeah. scenes but it never comes into play so i was just wondering like, what's the mask for yeah we know he's sensitive to sunlight, mm-hmm. but yeah. why does he need a breathing apparatus? We never never got to touch on that. So yeah. there's, yeah, I think there's, there's an element of despair and loss where that he won't come back from. He lost something yeah. so important to himself mm-hmm. that it made him lose all care in the world. Yeah. And I don't know if he's incapable of killing himself or unwilling. Yeah. Or so he's stuck in limbo of loneliness and despair where he doesn't really give a shit, but he can't bring himself to kill himself or he just can't be killed. He's living in his own fucking hell is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like what I got from it, you know? So there were like yeah. a hundred instances where I was like, tell me more about this. Like, for instance, just when you guys were talking about like why he's drinking, remember that there was like a throwaway line where he's like, he can't. Jessica, his... Jessica drove yeah. me to drink. And I was like, well, who's that? What happened there? I, I want a whole issue on that. Like, I found myself saying that like 50 different times. Like, I want an issue on that, you know? Yeah. You know, the whole thing with women and the porn thing. There was a bit, and I can't remember what it was, but it just made me think, how much is this kind of like therapy for this guy, for whatever? And I tell you what makes those things prevalent is being a father of daughters. And then there's elements where, no, that, there's a line. I think this is just a one-off, though, isn't it? It's not like it's an ongoing theme through his through all his titles. Like when we did Alan Moore last year, hastened the question is the perversion in the pages or in Alan Moore because there was an ongoing theme of sexual battery, which was 
not always vilified. It was contextual to the story. But I think in this, it's just giving a strong account of the entrapment of an industry, how easily it is for what's supposed to be a honey trap becomes just a trap. And especially for that daughter in the story, I think it was important to her character. If what are we on next, if Hellblazer and the Galactus trilogy have similar sorts of themes, then I think I'll be more inclined to agree. I don't think it's a prevailing theme for mm. him. And I think when you're writing something like this in IRL, you either do it or you don't. If it had just been yeah. in walking into a pawn shop, right, let's get her out of there, I would have had less respect for including it because then it would have seemed more salacious. And also that it showed it in a negative light. This wasn't glamorised. This was an account of how, yeah, people can be trapped by circumstances. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Galactus, Brian. You could be, you could be onto something. <laughs> can you imagine the size of his cut? Talk about hitting the pawn, Galactus. Dawn, baby! <laughs> oh, God! Imagine imagine if he didn't come to eat the planets. He just came to fuck them. Like, fuck uh, it. Yeah! <laughs> you could drill a hole in your planet. Yeah, that's how the, that's how the Celestials get put in there. <laughs> Galactus fucks the planet and then they grow from inside. <laughs> oh God, do you reckon? Do you reckon his sperms would be actual like creature size? They'd have to be, wouldn't they? You could totally. saddle them and ride them to work. <laughs> so basically, space whales are Galactus's spunk. Yeah, they're just floating around in the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring your kids, guys. Do not bring your kids. <laughs> oh god. I think that pretty much sums it up. No. Yeah. What Way to end a show, man. End of discussion on Desolation Jones. Talking about Galactus's spunk. (laughs) (laughs) How did we get there? I don't know. We'll have to listen to the episode again and try to (laughs) break it down. But you know, (laughs) just on on that note, do you reckon they'd be? Do you reckon they'd be intelligent? Because they must have some sort of basic intelligence to find the egg. What are you talking about, mate? Of course, flipping the the power cosmic. Hello. Oh, you got a good point there. The power cum stick. Make my skin crawl. <laughs> right then, let's sign off before I drop the standard any lower. Hey, it was a pleasure. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode because I had a blast talking to these these guys about it. And uh, go read it, man. It's definitely worth your time. It's a quick read as well, isn't it? Yeah, not so bad. Yeah pretty good if you want to miss everything like i did anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 well goodbye to the people man i hope we didn't fuck this book up for you but yeah it's definitely one for your shelves man go pick it up nice pleasure having you here as well brian are you back for a later episode so you're back for hellblazer absolutely team for tremendous good stuff i'll look forward to that and that's that's you piecing out isn't it joe for the time being Yep, yep. Nothing else planned so far, but who knows? We'll see. Maybe yeah, I'll definitely. be back in a future episode. I would say I loved uh, reading this story. And if anyone, you know, the only thing I would 
caution people on is you have to be comfortable with not knowing a lot of answers to things because as we said the whole time a lot of stuff's opened up but very little of it is answered which is unfortunate but if you're just in it for the story that's on the page then you'll have a lot of fun so i would highly recommend this one did i introduce myself i'm matt anyway i'm matt usual co-host with tim i want to thank our two lovely guests brian and joe for coming on today it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on as it always is and we look forward to having you on in the not too distant future so everybody follow us subscribe like share tell your mother tell your sister tell your brother tell your mister that's all i'll say share the pod pass the pod rate us give us those five star reviews and yes, we'll be back next week. Is it Galactus? It's Galactus Trilogy next week. I think you're not on next week, are you, Brian? Not next week. Nope, nope, nope. Galactus Trilogy. So I better make a start on that so I'm not as useless as I was today. So guys, only leaves me one more thing to say. We have been, and this is the end. Keep reading great books.